Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Steve Napolitan. He's the author of Capture Clients, Close Deals, a simple way to gain clients without convincing or chasing. Finally, welcome, Steve. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Tell us about the title because it grabs you. You know, the fact is, is that that is what we're even training other books out there. They'll teach you things to go out and convince and chase. And that's the opposite approach that I've found so much success with. When you actually find the audience, like your perfect audience, and uh -huh. you find out what they need, right. then it becomes uh, exactly what they want. And you don't even have to convince or chase. They want what you, what you have. So at the end of the day, when you go through the process that I've laid out, you're picking who your clients are. Okay, so what, tell us a little bit about the process because I, I was saying to you off camera, I feel like the only salesman you don't have to chase are, you know, if you're in the middle of a rainstorm and you're the guy selling umbrellas. You know, you have yeah. to chase the salesman, but he doesn't have to yeah. chase the clients. Yeah, well, I think for me, business and sales are very simple. If you look at it in this hand, you say, look, find your perfect client, mm -hmm. then ask them what they want, and then give it to them. Okay. That's, I mean, it's that simple. If you're doing that, then there's only two things that can go wrong. It's either the wrong client or the wrong message. Okay. okay. So it goes deeper. The only step that's past that is communicating in such a way that they see the same thing as you. So if you see that it's a perfect fit for them, you have to be able to communicate that in the right way. And the way to do that is actually using their language. So many salespeople go wrong because they're using their own language. They're saying like, buy this or that with their vocabulary, not thinking the client's vocabulary. So for instance, even as simple as it is, if they say red, we're not gonna say burgundy, okay. just to make a simple example. But it comes to using their language. So coming from a marketing background, I've actually taken the exact words from the client and put in my ads without being creative. We think about ad agencies being so creative and coming yes. up with the right tagline and all that. And the problem with that is that we're doing it on our map. We're okay. actually saying this is what we want, not what the client wants. Okay. When you actually take full consideration of what the client wants and their language and put it in there, I've taken clients into the millions of additional revenue by changing the copy in their ads. No kidding. So tell us about that language barrier, as yeah. you say. How do you figure out what their language is? Ask questions. Okay. Ask, it's <laughs> ask very, them what they're, very what they're speaking. Yeah, okay. it comes back to those three. Find the client, ask them what they want, and then give it to them. Like I've been around a lot of business owners that have been falling off a cliff. They're in trouble. And they're hanging off the cliff. And I've gone over and said, grab my hand. And they're like, no, thank you. Hmm. So even I too had to learn. I had to sit with them and say, hey, what's going on? Right. And they're like, it's not so good right now. I have to start that dialogue and ask the right questions. And then by the end of it, I might be saying, um, they, I, what would you like? And they're like, I'd like a rope. Because maybe in their mind, they're not looking for that grab of a hand, that oh, handout. They're falling off a cliff, Steve. You don't want someone's Some people help. don't. You think that I'm crazy saying that. But I've been around businesses, and they say, no, thank you. And six months later, they're going out of business. So and it's a pride it, thing. It can be. Yeah, they're not looking for someone to grab. But they would take a rope, and they would climb themselves out. See, and that's where the language changes. But then I am helping them if I provide them a rope. But I didn't think of that, mm -hmm. right? Okay. If I came over and said, grab my hand, and you're like, no, thank you. But then I have a conversation with you. And ever so briefly, it could be, 
And then you say, you know, I'd really like a rope. And I'm like, oh, I can get you a rope. Would you like me to get you one? And right. then you're like, yes. It's a different kind of assistance. So I see, I see the difference between my hand and a rope. Yeah, it, I'm pulling it, myself up versus you, you, know, you pulling me up. And it, and it could be that little nuance that could... Um, Make all the difference, yes, right. right. So just to back up for a second, Steve, tell us about your background and your business and, and why you feel you're qualified to, to talk about this whole process. I didn't have your normal track through. I didn't go to college in marketing. I actually went to film school. And so I'm just an amazing storyteller. Okay. I came out of that. And I was in the San Francisco Bay Area. I never went down to L.A. So during that period in the 90s, I had bought all this equipment. It wasn't you couldn't get a laptop and a handy cam mm -hmm. back then. It was full on like fifty four thousand dollars in equipment. So I had to I had to start making money. Okay. So someone asked me to do a commercial. I focused on doing the best job I could, and the client made more money. So they're like, "Are you in marketing?" And a light bulb just went on, and I just started reading every marketing book I could, and then it led to building a full eight ad agency. Okay. And in that time, we started end up where I was in Silicon Valley, so I started. I had to focus on bigger clients that had the revenue to afford production. So we ended up working with Nestle was our first wow. big one. And then we did Apple and Intel and Charles Schwab and did a lot around San Francisco Incredible. Bay Area. And it was amazing ride. And we, we basically started winning awards. And that's what started getting me to speak and teach. Okay, and so, so there was advertising campaigns you were doing. That, that, and we did other internal communications, even like with Charles Schwab, we were doing transitional support communication. Mm -hmm. So if you're a financial advisor, how do you actually, as you go to retire, how do you transition? So we put together whole programs. That's how I started getting into business systems. Okay. I started seeing more than just the marketing. Okay. So I have that duality of okay. looking at both sides. So looking back, what were you doing wrong and where was the aha light bulb yeah. moment, Steve, where you said, okay, now I, now I get it. Yeah. Perfect question. I basically was pitching every time, so thereby taking a chance. If I'm talking the whole time and I'm pitching you, you're going to say, ah, no thanks, or you'll say yes. And so you'll get those yeses. If you pitch enough, you're going to get some yeses, and then people sure. look at that as success, right? The ratios that we'll talk about. Um, I still work with ratios, but however now, like I'll go into a billion-dollar company, and they'll go, oh, pitch. Actually, great story. I was actually at billion dollar company and a huge ad agency. We were only 11 employees, so we're boutique style. Okay. I'm there by myself. They have a whole team with boards. They're ready to pitch and present. And I go in, CMO says, hey, go ahead and plug in. Show me what you got. And I like, actually, I'm not going to plug in just yet. He's like, well, you don't have anything to show me. He's ready to kick me out. Of course, right. And I said, well, actually, I'm not quite sure exactly what's going on here right now and what it is that you want. I'd like to explore both of those. And then I have a ton to show you, but what, I want to show you what's appropriate. In that meeting, I never had ended up plugging my laptop in. I had such depth with that individual. I interviewed him. Okay. And in the end, I found deeper than anyone, we ended up winning that account because he actually cried in that meeting because this was uh, this story was pivotal for me. This is in 2010 when the job economy wasn't good. He was 10 months away from losing his job if he didn't turn it around. And they were upside down. They were and just in two months they had lost a couple hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Not resulting in anything. And I got to the depth of it. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was pitching. So right? you had to come in though, Steve, with some preparation. You say you kind of wanted to hear from him first before you figured out what route to take. 
So for someone, can everybody do that though? I mean, I you sound like so. you're probably just a natural conversationalist and a good talker and a good interviewer, but for that person who's not and is really great at sales, but not necessarily the mechanics of it, yeah. what should they do? Well, I take it through six simple steps, which is a little bit more to get into than just this interview. But if you follow those steps, I've had people that can't sell anything. They're really horrible at it and they leave my workshops selling okay. and I have great uh, salespeople. Like I have one guy that was doing really well. He came to my program last year and he uh, doubled his income in less than 90 days no just by taking these questions that I asked. Can you give us a little nugget from these six steps? Kind well, of just a little teaser to say for someone out there to go, yeah, that's good, now I wanna hear more. Yeah, you know, I think the thing to discuss the most is the depth of it. The reason I was able to get that executive to actually cry, and it wasn't my intent to have him cry, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to go to the depth. So I think the what one, the, the depth of the pain, let's say, that's okay. exactly Right, it. you do you, talk in the book, you say that people buy to get rid of pain, and I wanted to touch well, upon that, which yeah. you just did. What do you mean by that? When we see a client in pain, then what happens is more often than not is we want to fix it right away. And that's not serving the client. Actually sitting in that pain allows them to feel that uncomfort. Like that executive could look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm in big trouble, how am I going to... How am I going to fix this, right? Okay. And then we put on our, our smiley face and go into the world and we don't think about it the day to day. So being present to it in that moment mm -hmm. is what changes everything and allowing us to sit. Sometimes I'll be 15, 20 minutes, we keep going. And I guess I'll tell you the simple thing. I ask them, what's the biggest challenge? And then instead of just saying, let's say they say, um, not enough sales. And then I will say, oh, well, how, not having not enough sales, how is that affecting you? problem. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm working longer. I don't have enough sales uh, team doing well enough. So I'm taking on some of the sales. Maybe they're, right. they're as a chief marketing officer, you're trying to close bigger deals because your sales force isn't doing it, whatever you're doing. So are you saying other people in your position who are pitching them just aren't doing that? Yeah, not at this level. I'll okay. go all the way to where, for instance, this executive, no one on his staff knew that they only had 12 months to turn around the whole department. He was not going to the CEO because he was afraid he'd get fired early. Okay. right with all of the challenge so then they're alone okay and then he wasn't even telling his wife all because right. he didn't want to tell her that he might yeah, lose so his more, job it, right it's a pride so thing yeah holding it all right here okay so if you say then it's not about pitching you say that's not it how do you do it then if someone watching is going well i thought if you want a client you have to pitch them yeah it's what are you saying then questions. you're just saying it's just questions it's conversations it's less of a, a shiny product that you're presenting to them? It's not a presentation? It's not. The only thing that does present at the end is if you have a match, you have to clearly communicate that you can solve their issue. So you still have to do that, but it's at the very end. Okay. A lot of us come in with our song and dance right. and we're like, la, la, la. And I'm, I'm maybe doing that for five minutes at the end of a 60 or 90 minute meeting. You also say, aside from getting rid of their pain, understanding their pain, you say sales is about giving. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, if you're in that position and you find what's going on, their pain and what they want, and you're able to give them what they need, then you're making a gift. So the reason that I say this clearly is so many people think they're trying to take. Right. right? When you come to that convincing stance, I'm trying to take money from you. And this comes into um, where I, why a lot of sales, sales, young sales staff, they're coming in, they're trying to learn sales. They're there picking up the phone and they're looking to take something from someone else. Everyone that I teach and all the organizations shift the mindset around that intention that you, here you are giving something. And we relate to what are the client results that we have. So, you know, I, I'm having the team read, mm -hmm. you know, 
customer surveys and different things and see the impact that they've made on, on other organizations, on other people as an individual, and then they take that into every phone call and it changes it. See, these things are very small that we're talking about today, right? Like right. ask a few different questions and it makes a world of a it difference. Is, right, but it and adds up. Big time. So what, do you, what would you say then when you, you know, the training that you do, what is the biggest mistake that young salespeople are making today? They're making the wrong intention because you can actually feel that. You know how like people say that a dog can sense fear? Mm -hmm. Well, people can sense crap too, right? Like, you know, like, okay. you know, we're on the phone and you can feel when a salesperson is not real or genuine. So when you actually set your intentions before you pick up that phone, it actually comes across more genuine. And so that first step is huge. And then the second step is then stop talking and ask questions. We're actually out of time, Stephen. I, I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. But <laughs> two things, two quick questions. For someone out there, because there are a lot of sales books mm -hmm. out there, is this book applicable to any kind of salesperson? Door-to-door, -door, digital? I mean, do your techniques work across the board? Absolutely. They're completely core. And I wanted them to be that way. I wanted them to be timeless and evergreen. And every company I've ran and every company I've worked with, I use these core principles and it's been millions and millions of revenue. Okay. Every time. So if the person out there saying, okay, I want to hear more, but there's like a gazillion books out there, Steve. So real quickly, you got to sell this reader. Um, how is your book different from all the others? I would say it's very clear that it's the human interaction. And I know it might sound a little woo-woo, but it's bringing the heart back into sales so that I connect with another human being. I ask the right questions. I have the right intention. And those little nuances actually make it easier for the salesperson. Right. Like you were saying a minute ago, you have to prepare. And actually, I don't have to prepare as much. Like obviously, I look at the company. But then once I go in, it's all based on my questions that I teach in the book. And if you ask the right questions, it's like magic. I'll have rapport with someone in a matter of minutes that other organizations, you know, they'll look at their turnaround time to close a deal is sometimes months with some executives, right? And you're doing big packages and I've turned those around in a, in a day. And I have to wrap up, but in the digital world we live in, do you find that people are apt to a conversation or they just want to do it over the phone or they don't have time, they want to Skype or something over the computer? How do you deal with that, that challenge? I teach, um, to give the right amount online and using the language that we talked about earlier. When you use the exact language, they say, oh my gosh, this is for me. Okay. And then they click and then they want to talk more because right. they're so engaged. You're building that rapport quickly. So my whole thing is about building instant rapport at deep levels, not shallow levels, deep levels to where you can actually root in right. and then they want to take action. They come to you. That's what, so that's why we don't have to convince or chase the way that I do it with the right language and the right questions your clients come to you and then they want more time with you because it's like a breath of fresh air right. instead of getting hit with every other salesperson. You're the one that's like that nice breeze and you're like, oh. Mm -hmm. Something different. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, I feel like you've teased us a bit. You've given us little nuggets of the process, but if you want the full picture, you have to read the book and clearly it's working for you because uh, obviously your, your success uh, says it all. Yeah, thank you so much. And it's just quick read, so it's beautiful. It is. Uh, it's it's yeah. a great layout, so yeah. congratulations. Thank you so much. And if you'd like more information on the book, all you have to do is go to our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.